The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut invites you to spend the next quarter of an hour with us for this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing with the next sermon in Pastor Greg Scalzo's series on Heavenly Authority. Before we begin my husband's message, let me remind you of our church website at www.shiarjashub.org, where you will find information about our church and services, as well as a library of radio programs for serious Bible study. Shi'ar Jashub is spelled S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Here now is the author of The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. We've been uh, discussing the uh, dynamic truth in the New Testament as it relates to the apostles and then really to all the positions in the New Testament on heavenly authority. The dynamic truth this um, dynamic balance with tension, this 3D view of authority, not a flat view, but a full view of the truth, where we see human beings used by God in a powerful way as tools entrusted with the message of God, anointed, and as such, deserving respect, and as they speak the word of God, deserving to be heard and heeded as the message comes from God yet at the same time recognizing they are only men, not idolizing anybody, not taking a person and lifting them up, exalting them, for all are brethren, all believers are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And to um, really solidify this understanding of this truth, um, we'll look in 1 Corinthians, which we studied in some detail earlier on in our discussion uh, of New Testament heavenly authority, but we'll review a couple of things, and I think it drives home the point. Uh, remember, we have a background here in this church of sectarianism, some saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas. And remember what the correct answer was? I am of Jesus. I am of Jesus. I am of Christ, right? Okay, we, we've done that. Now, let's look at chapter 3. And verse 21, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Therefore, let no one boast in men. There's that principle. Do not boast in men. For all things are yours. Up above, he says in verse 18, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. And he's speaking here about worldly wisdom. And he's speaking here about the way of the world. How many times you get this separation, uh, this lifting up, exalting of certain individuals because, gee, they're so wise. They're wise ones. A lot of the cults 
will search for a wise one or a wise teacher they can lift up. And the world does it even in worldly secular things. People that tend to be wise will rise above and take position and have positions of authority. But their wisdom is nothing to God. He knows that they are futile. And this attitude of lifting a group up into a special position is what causes a lot of the things that come into the church where you have people worshiping, maybe what they don't say they worship, but in truth, in their hearts, they're idolizing, they're lifting up men into a position they never should. Jesus taught, if you look in Mark chapter 10, that this way of the world should not come into the church. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 35, then James and John, now these are two apostles. These are not just two apostles, these are two of the closest apostles. You know, you always read Peter and Andrew, James and John, Peter, James and John. These are the three closest to him. These are the ones that are all out. These are the ones, uh, these are two of the ones that go up to the Mount of Transfiguration. The sons of Zebedee came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Sometimes people say that to you, right? I have, a, I have a favor to ask of you. You'll do it, right? And Jesus is wise enough to say, what do you want me to do for you? You don't promise to do something unless you know what it is. Now, if you look in this, you don't have to do it now, but in the sister passage in Matthew chapter 20, it tells you that they actually came with their mother and they bowed down before Jesus. And they really have the mother first put the request to the Lord for this very special favor. What do you want me to do? Verse 37, they said to him, grant us that we may sit one in your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. They want to have preeminence for all eternity. You know, keep Peter over there, you know, and let's, let's sneak in with Mama and see if we can get him to agree to this thing for all eternity to be one on his left and one on his right. But Jesus said to him, and he shows why he's on the throne, uh, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? You want to be on my right hand and my left hand. Can you do what I'm about to do? They said to him, we are able. Now, there are obviously two that fled with the others, right? Uh, so Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. James would be the first of the twelve to be put to death, right, by Herod Agrippa I. And John would make it to an old man on the Isle of Patmos, but he too would be imprisoned for his testimony to the Lord. Verse 40, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. The Father has the plan for that. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. The other ten hear what's going on, and who are they to ask to be given this position? You see the human nature coming in and that desire for being in a very special place. And verse 42, But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. That's the way of the world. That's the way of the Gentiles. You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones 
exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Not so among you. That's the way of the world. It is not to be so among you. You are to be a servants. Whoever desires to become great shall be your servant. And he immediately stops this nonsense of which one of us is going to be greatest. Which one will sit at your right and your left hand? That's the worldly way. That's the Gentile way. And Paul here in 1 Corinthians tells them, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, in chapter 3, verse 21 of 1 Corinthians, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, verse 22, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Whatever comes, however God uses Paul, or Cephas, however God uses Apollos, or James, they are tools, and what they bring is for you. So don't segregate, don't use separation to lift one higher than the other. This is meant for you, and you are of Christ. Not of any one man, any one denomination, any one church. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't lift people up to an unnatural, an unnatural position. So then, how do you regard? If that's true, we are all brothers. It belongs to all of us. Don't say, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas. Then how should we regard Paul and Cephas? How should we regard the apostles? And this we studied, again, it's review, months back. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. It has a lot more meaning now after we've studied about the apostles. Let a man so consider us, Paul tells you, how should you look at us? How do you look at the apostles? Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, just like Jesus said, and stewards of the mysteries of God. So they're servants of Christ like all the other servants of Christ. We are all servants of Christ. That's how we should consider them. And when you have any system that takes a group and puts them in a position that you feel like you're the servant of them and they're the lords over you, that system cannot be of God. How should we consider them? Servants of Christ, number one. Two, and stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards, the ones entrusted with the secret things of God. So while they're servants, like everyone else, they are entrusted with the secret things of God. And that's the reason it's so important to listen to them. You, know, you don't want to get into such a, a mode of saying, you know, everyone is a brother in the Lord, that you don't understand that God does give some special positions of authority in the church. That's what we're studying here, the offices in the church. First apostles, then prophets, right? There's a list of offices, and the purpose is not to take them and make them the special people, the purpose is to have tools to bring the Word of God, and they are stewards entrusted with the secret things 
of God, with the mysteries of God. That's how, that is the proper, balanced, scriptural way to view heavenly authority. Servants of God like anyone else, stewards of the mysteries of God. And then he says in verse 2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That word there, steward, means a house manager. The, the word for steward is okonomos, and it comes from oiko, house, and then the other part of it is to parcel out, to arrange. So to arrange the house, to parcel out or manage the things of the house. A manager of a household or an estate, the manager of God's house. They are as managers. They're all servants. We're all servants. But they're as house managers, making sure things go properly. The truth is told in God's house. And it is required of a steward that one be found faithful. They must prove faithful. We will continue this sermon in our next program. Our service time is 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Memorial Hall in Madison, Connecticut. You can find maps and info about our services on our website at www.shiarjashub.org, as well as a library archive of programs that are sure to help you in your daily Bible study. The address again is www.shear.org hyphen j-a-s-h-u-b dot o-r-g. You'll also find important articles written by Pastor Greg Scalzo. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.